welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. three people and say howdy. I had to learn how to say that. The church, one church I went to in Texas, up to 50% of them were packing heat in church. They actually had firearms in the meeting and most of that was the girls. So yeah, you want to be a good preacher if you go to a meeting like that, I tell you. So it's so good to be back in Oz uh, and see what I'm expecting good things to happen in Australia. Come on, you reckon good things are going to happen? I'm enjoying the heat of all that's, you know, of all that's been talked about and all the debate and all the things that happen. I reckon it's really good because it's just making Christians step up. It's awesome, isn't it? That the church is a force. The best thing to ever happen to the church, to, to Australia, was the church. Is that true? The gospel. And it's continuing. We've got to really pray and believe that, you know what? Ever since colonisation, only 5% of Australians have been in church. And yet 65, in the last sentence, 65% of Australians say they believe in the Christian God. Come on. So there's a lot of work. It's not as hard as what we think. We've just got to start to dig and start to believe and start to, to you know, just share Jesus with people. Come on. Because I know this, he actually is the answer for people. He actually is the answer for people. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a debt disqualifier. He can, he can take the, the worst marriage, the worst sinner. Come on, look at you. And he can change them. He can transform them. You know what? Not, not through rehab, not through counselling, not through any of that, just by his power. Deliver people. Is that true? And I believe that you're in for that. I believe as beautiful and as tidy as your building is, it's about to get messed up. There's going to be manure everywhere. Oh, amen. Are you ready? All right. What I want to share with you this morning, and I might only get to the partway through it because I'm really believing that even from what Susie just said, I want to kind of change it a little. And the Lord was sort of speaking to me about that this morning and just like um in just a bit of a testimony in coming in ever since like we've stepped out into this and really I, I believe this is even the leader of your movement Phil Pringle said the same thing he believed isn't it that he was like the fourth person that God actually asked to do what he is now doing but he was the person that said yes I, I feel really sorry for those other three people that missed out hey and I really believe that what Susie and I are, we're the fifth people that our God asked to do to start to really push the prophetic in our nation and to start to reestablish it as part of the fivefold in both as just making sure people all prophesy. Who knows we're all meant to do that as believers? The same as that we, uh, we're all meant to witness to people. Is that true? We're not all evangelists, but we can all lead someone to Jesus. Is that true? That's true. We're not all pastors, but you know what? All of us can care for people. Mm. It's the same with the prophetic. You might not be a prophet, but you can prophesy. You can 
Ask God for a word for a person and God will speak to you about that. Or some of you might be even prophetic. You know, God might really speak to you a lot. God might uh, reveal things to you and speak to you a, a lot. And then some of you might actually be in the prophetic office. And I'm wanting to, and Susie and I really feel that within our nation to really start to blow on that and to really invitalize that because the church is built on the apostles and prophets them working side by side to, in order to bring the foundation of the church and to make believers strong. They're the cornerstones so that the church can be built on really good, solid stuff. Both great leadership and revelation is what the church is really built on. Is that true? Good foundations, good leadership, because we're all leading, we're all responsible for something, but we've got to do that by revelation, not information. See, a lot of the time you know what you don't know. And so often, you know, we just go on our own, our own understanding and our own information. It's very, very limited. But we are connected to an awesome God who is without limit. I believe this, that the end product of really good discipling is creativity. You have plenty of that in this church. But I, mean, I don't mean just being artistic. I mean problem solving. I mean creating something that, and that has never been thought of before coming up with a solution, inventing something, coming up with all sorts of things. Are you okay? There's not, there's not one person smiling at me. I'm feeling really in trouble. Hopefully you're not all packing heat, are you? You're okay? You're all listening. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's our listening face. So. All right. I want to go see. Do you know, let's just go. Let's go, to, let's go to this. It's one of my favorites. I'm getting new revelation on this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, the first three verses. This probably, is, probably defines the prophetic like never before. It's probably the most key verse about how the prophetic actually works. And of course, it's in Genesis chapter 1. And actually all doctrine, all good teaching is all found in Genesis. Quite amazing. And I really encourage you as a believer to absolutely read through Genesis and read through it and see all the meanings inside of it, you know, and actually start to understand how things are working truly. But it says this in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You know, let me tell you something. It's very easy... To see that, you know, to see what's wrong with a, pl- a thing. It takes no great revelation or understanding to see how things aren't working. But it actually takes the Spirit of God to, be in a, to come to a place of darkness, to come into a place of, uh, that's void of anything, a place that has, is in panic, a thing that's when everything's going wrong, and actually speak to it in order to create something. This is actually how the prophetic works. It comes into a place and actually speaks the opposite of whatever is happening in a creative way, in a revolutionary way. Let me tell you something. The most powerful thing about you is your voice. You are a self-fulfilling prophecy. You are the sum total of your words. The person that speaks to you the most is you. Let's just think that in. 
Because not only do you speak externally, but you speak internally. And there are some things that you say. You know when you say some things, you don't mean it. And there are some things that you say that you do mean. Is that true for all of us? Have you found that too when we're talking that often the things that I really mean are often negative? I, I hate this. You make me so mad. No, I don't mean, I'm not saying that you now. I'm just giving you some examples. Are you hearing me? You know those sort of things? We say those. Sometimes we say hateful things to the people we love. But we actually mean them. Now, what I want you to really show you is, you know what? I believe that we have different voices in different situations that we need to learn to operate in. We need to really understand what we say. See, the Lord really spoke to me. He said this, Mars. If you value your words, your words will be valuable. And if you actually work on your words and putting weight behind them, you wait and see what I do. So I want to share with you a couple of the voices that you need to learn. You all have these voices, but you've got to learn how to use these voices. And I'm going to set you on a path so that you'll go on out of this room and start using these voices in, in, in your world and in your situations. And at whatever level you are in God, in your growth, whether you're backslidden or you're newborn or you've been really traveling well with the Lord for years, this will be something for you to learn. Is that cool? So I want you to put your hand over your heart and say this prayer with me. Dear Father God, speak to my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go pretty quickly because I want to pray for some people. Is that cool? Uh, Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 5. Deuteronomy 21 and verse 5. And it says this, And then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near, for the Lord God has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord. And by their word, every controversy and every assault shall be settled. Let me tell you something. One of the voices that we need to learn is how to bless like a priest. See, I understand that everyone's probably come here this morning. Hopefully you come here. I came here this morning to get blessed. To meet Pastor, my good friend Chris and Ruth. Isn't it good to have friends in ministry? I tell you, it's so good. I love your pastors very much, and you're very blessed to have such great quality people leading you. And I've got a word for them, and I'm going to keep it to the end because the dessert is always best at the end, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's it's. But have you learned? And I understand you've come here to be blessed, and you will be, and you're going to be. I declare that right now. I bless you in the name of Jesus. But I want you to start to step into blessing people. Like, you know how sometimes when, you know, achoo, and we go, oh, bless you. I'm talking at a much greater level than that. (laughs) I mean being intentional. Do you know what? You've got to understand that in the Old Testament, there was this thing called the patriarchal blessing. There was this thing that... that, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those three guys carried, and then it passed down onto Joseph. This ability, you know, if they bless you, you are blessed. Let me, let me say, if you're cursed, if you're cursed, you know what, you can do everything right, and it still won't work out for you. you can, if you're cursed, 
You know what? You could you can actually have the best business plan, the best financial direction, the best, the best, the best, the best team, the best everything. But you've cursed, you know what? It won't work. Is that true? Who's found that before you knew Jesus? That was what life was. No matter what you did, it wouldn't work. Man, I knew people like I knew one guy that was very smart, but you know what? He would go from one financial disaster. Not only that, he was like have accidents. He would move these crazy things happen to him and it was all like he was cursed. And he was. We had to really break that thing already. But the, the, the reverse is true. If you're blessed, guess what? You could be the biggest idiot. <laughs> Just nudge your neighbor. <laughs> you could be the biggest buffet. Yeah, yeah. Just lay hands on them. But if they're blessed, guess what? It just works out for them. You could, buy the, you could make the dumbest financial decision. In other words, you buy the house that's full of white ants. But all of a sudden, it's your street and your suburb that everybody wants. You could, be, you could buy a car off a total shark, off a total rip-off merchant. He's filled the diff with banana skins. Remember that old trick? But you get another 100,000 kilometres out of it. That you could have the worst education, you could have the worst parents and have the worst, and yet still because of God in your life, you get a great job, you have a great family and you have an awesome destiny. Why? Because, you know, bless you, but you've got to learn, you've got to learn this as a disciple of Jesus, that our, one of our voices has been able to bless people, to actually release something supernatural over their life so that they get favour. So that they get grace. One of the great definitions of grace is the empowering presence of Jesus. I like that one. And to release God's presence over people, even before they know him, it's very powerful. Because you can, you'll hear people you know, at work and in the community talk about how all hell has broken loose in their family. Have you, have you, have you met people like that? That they've got someone sick They've got financial pressure, they've got marriage pressure, they've got all these things, and it's like one bad thing after the other starts to happen. Well, you can imagine now if you were to release all of heaven loose on them. Completely switch it all around. Give you a testimony, because I was learning these. All of these voices I've been practicing and stepping into, this is really not coming from theory. This has actually come from revelation and then impartation and then working it out. So I was driving from an airport out into the bush, out into the outback. I was actually going to preach in church. So I'd hired, a, I'd hired a car and gone to see a pastor, ministered to him, and then was traveling out into the bush at about 11 o'clock at night in South Australia. And it doesn't take long before it gets into the bush in South Australia, I tell you. So I'm traveling along at night, and then I, I got overtaken on the freeway by a great big semi-trailer. And I'm learning and meditating on this, on this scripture of blessing. And the Lord immediately said, Mars, bless that truck driver. Practice, release blessing over that truck. Okay. So I get up behind him and I'm praying blessing on him. I spent 20 minutes thinking of every way and trying to imagine what would be a good thing for a truck driver. (laughs) Stay awake. No accidents, no flat tyres, good fuel economy, you know, good pay, promotion, uh, favour, that the truck goes well, that there's no kangaroos. You know, like I had to think. I had to really like, be creative in what a truck driver needed. Anyway, I arrive at the church, we minister, and then the Lord sort of, I want you to just 
share the testimony about blessing the truck driver. Oh, okay, I'll do that. I thought there's probably, you know, we're out in the bush, there's bound to be truck drivers here. Well, I got a message on the Tuesday when I get home from a lady that was in the meeting, heard that. Now, her husband was that morning working in a chaff mill, loading a truck. But the thing was, what he mainly worked in the chaff mill, getting covered with dust. You wouldn't want to be an asthmatic in that job, I tell you. Comes home itchy every day, but occasionally he gets to drive the truck, the semi, and he really wants to get the job as the semi-trailer driver. In fact, what he really wants is to get a BW licence to drive the big road trains because that's big money. She takes hold of the blessings that I proclaim, goes home and actually blesses her husband, who's not a believer. Says, you're going to be a truck driver. You're going to be a really blessed truck driver. He shows up at work the next day. While he's working away, the boss comes up, taps him on the shoulder and says, oh, we've been thinking and we actually want you to be the full-time truck driver. Not only that, we've actually made a decision this morning that we're going to pay the $4,000 to upgrade your licence to drive a road train. And it keeps going. Like I was in another church and we shared the same testimony. In fact, we prayed for a girl. Susie and I prayed for a girl who had like this demonic oppression on her. She got completely set free at the end of the meeting. So much so that she was unrecognisable. Her dad heard the testimony of that, rang me the Sunday night and says, Marge, you won't believe this. I just want to thank you, number one, for my daughter, for you saving her. But you're still blessing truck drivers because I heard, I listened to the podcast and when I was in out, out regional Victoria, I came across a BW truck that was carrying chaff. And it was that guy. <laughs> so I sat down with him in a truck stop in outback Victoria and witnessed to him and prayed for him about Jesus. So you don't know. And who knows what's happening with that? Hey, baby, that testimony just goes on and on and on. See, I'm saying you need to learn to bless people. Like, I mean, intentionally, when you do that, release something. Be intentional from your heart. I'm going to release blessing. Release blessing. So you've got to learn to bless like a priest. Let me just go to this next one. I'm going to jump over. You're only going to get two voices today. I want you to go to... Matthew 18 and verse 18. Matthew 18 and verse 18. It says this, surely, surely, this is Jesus speaking, surely I say to you, whatever, I like that, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. How powerful is that? See, let me see you. You've got to learn to bless like a, like a priest, C3. But this is the second thing I want you to pick up on. You've got to learn to declare like a king. You've got to learn to rule. You've got to learn to shut things down and you've got to learn to release things. I can really see that that's what your st- that that for Chris and Ruth, 
Kingship is what God has really called you to. To rulership is what God has really has on your life. And whatever you say goes. And to understand that, you know, that God has given you territory. All of us have territory. All of us have something to rule over. You might just have your bedroom to rule over. Or you might have a house to rule over. You might have a business to rule over. You might just have a truck to rule over. You might just have a a factory workshop to rule over or a desk or a cubicle. You might just have a laptop, a classroom. What is it that God has given you to rule over? Not just a steward, to rule over. Not just to take care of, but to take somewhere. To actually, you know, make sure that the right things do happen and to stop the bad things. You know, oftentimes that things that happen in our family, in our society, in our churches, is not the enemy. It's just that we don't stand up in our authority to stop them. Sometimes we let the enemy have his way rather than letting the Lord have his way. Let me say this. A lot of things that probably happen to us don't necessarily need to happen to us. Because the only authority the enemy has is what you give him. Because all authority is be given to him. Isn't that true? Matthew 28. And he says, you know what? And I give it to you. All the authority. In other words, this. Everything that's true about Jesus is true about you. Don't overwhelm me with that, will you? Come on, everything that's true about Jesus is true about you. When the Father looks at you, he sees everything that's right about Jesus. That's a whole another sermon. But I'll let that drop down into you so that you can actually see. Because let me tell you something. Rulership isn't earned. Kingship isn't earned. It's our birthright. Ooh, come on. I can remember uh, ministering at a, a group of men up on the north coast and talking about sonship and worth it. And one guy sort of put his hand up and he goes, yeah, you know, but... but um, well, let me back up a little bit because I was talking about the princes, you know, like um, uh, Char- William and Harry. All the single girls know who they are. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but can you remember when uh, Harry went on his binge in Las Vegas and, and, and how everybody was like, what in the world? I heard an interview with him about three months after that and he'd really turned things around. You know, and he was doing the in Vickers Games and he'd, he'd crossed uh, um, the South Pole and he'd been doing all these amazing things. Like he kind of worked in uh, Africa with children and wild animals. Like he all of a sudden completely flipped it all over. He's working with veterans. He had done another tour in Afghanistan. He'd done all these amazing things and all, a lot of it under the radar, but he was really starting to use his position for what it should be. And the guy was asking him what in the world caused that. What happened between running around with, you know, girls and alcohol and no clothes on in a penthouse in Las Vegas to now doing this? And he goes, well, actually... And it was beautiful to hear English spoken how it's meant to be spoken. This is what he said. This is what actually what he said. My father spoke to me. And said to me that that's not who I was. That I was a prince before I went into the army. I was a prince in the army. 
and I'm a prince after the army. And I remember saying that point, and one guy put up his hand, he goes, yeah, but that's okay, they were born into that. I said, that's right. We are born into it. He says, you'll never see the kingdom. Jesus said this, what? Unless you are born again by the Spirit of God, you'll not even see the kingdom. We don't earn it, we just get it. Your authority is given to you. It is a birthright because now, now you've come into the family and kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now you have an authority is, which is beyond what you have ever earned or understand. But you've, we've got to learn how to speak over that thing. Isn't it? Well, I love that song, you know. The darkness now has to tremble. Storms now have to behave themselves. And Jesus would go around demonstrating pure and absolute raw authority. That what even the winds and the waves would obey him. We're thinking we've got so much more we need to step into as believers. So much more. That's what I'm saying. See, we're putting up with all this stuff. Now stuff will happen. Like Jesus took them into that storm, knowing that that's going to happen. In fact, Jesus went into the storm and fell asleep. Is that true? He fell asleep. Actually setting it up, so come on, boys, deal with this. Come on, boys, deal with this. And he rebukes them because of their unbelief. Come on. You are now, for I commission you in the name of Jesus to rule and reign in life, to start to speak to things, to start to shut things down and to release things. You need to learn to speak to your money. You need to learn to speak to your calendar. You need to learn to speak to your family. And I mean with, out of the calling that God has given you. You need to learn to speak to your community. You need to learn to speak to and over your neighbours. I mean the spirit that's operating around that. Are you hearing me? You need to, you know, like, and, and go for it. You need to learn to have authority over sickness. You need to learn to have authority over the demonic. You need to have, learn to have authority. Like learn to, learn to use the authority that you already have. That you already have, you're just learning how to grow in it, how to use it. The same as that prince. You know what? He had all authority, all power, all giftings exponentially what, what is available for him to go and do, but he was just wasting it because he just brought himself down to the common denominator and thought, oh, well, this is what soldiers do on their days off. And not even that's true. You've got to understand that you are born again, that you are now a carrier of the kingdom of God, that you are actually a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And he is busting to get out and demonstrate both to you and to this world how great he is. And you do that with your mouth by speaking to things. Are you hearing me? See, let me, let me get on to... Um, see, this is what I saw for your church. This is what I saw for Chris and Ruth. You know, and I was looking at it. I looked it up a bit because the Lord showed it to me on the, a couple of days ago when I knew it was here and I started to wait on God. I actually, I actually saw you... The whole church, you two in front, and the whole church climbing up Mount Everest. 
Let me unpack that a little bit. And this is what the Lord said to me. He goes, you know what? It would be so much easier to get to that altitude in a jumbo. Jumbos, although, you know, our aircraft carriers and all the stuff that we travel on now go at about nine kilometres in the air. Sometimes 10 kilometres, sometimes... If you get when the Concorde was operating, it would be at 12 or 13 kilometres in the air. Almost out of it, the stratosphere. I think um, Mount Everest is only about nine kilometres. So when you're travelling, when you go to Bali, you're actually higher than Everest most of the time. Isn't that amazing? Very easy to get to that height. But see, let me say this. God is always about, and this is what you listen to me, always about just stepping it out. You've been stepping it out. That's what, sometimes it gets so frustrating, you think, God, what are you doing? You're stepping it out. Just say to your neighbour, you're just stepping it out. Because anyone, you know, anyone can get in a jumbo and say, oh, I've been to that height. But not many people can step it out. I don't know if you're hearing me. I remember Susie's grandfather was in an expedition in the 1950s to climb Everest. He knows, he knows uh, Hillary, Patty Pallant, all those. There's photos of him in a family album of all of them, you know, with their woolly jumpers and hemp rope, leather gear, no oxygen. And they didn't make it on the, two, on the many trips that Dr. Reg went on. Couldn't get there, even though you just can walk up it. You guys, you, this is what God has called C3 Central Coast, Narara, to be a mountaintop church. He is calling you to high places. He is calling you to step up and to, to actually lift, if you, lift the expectation and to actually get a higher perspective of what God is capable of in this city. God is wanting you to actually summit some things in our community. God is wanting you to actually step-by-step beat poverty. He's wanting you to step-by-step beat family breakdown. He is wanting to step-by-step bring up the economic... I see this economic thing changing in this part of the coast where this is where, you know, where the wealthy people are from. This is where all the great things come from this strip that God has called you into. I believe this. Everything this side of the Pacific Highway is yours. Or the Central Coast, let me put the Central Coast Highway. Everything west of there is yours. Let's say from Tascot to Arimba. There would have to be maybe 60,000 people in that area. I know because I've done the, I know the city. I help rule over the city. You have 60,000 people that you need to go after step by, I don't really know this is gone. Step by step, get them. And God's going to elevate to a place where they will see you doing it. They will see you overcoming things. They will see you getting victory over areas. They will see you go through what they go through, but you win. They will see that you face the same problems that they face, but the problem is you're blessed. 
They will see you come up against things, but they can see that you actually live forgiven, that you actually live free, that you actually live joyful, that you live redeemed, that you live at a, such a different level of mindset and operating that they, they want in on that. Don't get too overwhelmed to, for me, will you? Just nudge your neighbor saying, you're going up, you're going up, you're going up. See, it's like what Susie was saying, that kingship thing is over your pastors. That ability to rule, that ability to speak into things is over your pastor. Let me tell you something, where the pulpit goes, so does the pew. Where they go, you go. Isn't that awesome? And I just see, all I see of them is prospering, I see beauty, I see flourishing, I see intelligence, I see creativity, I see excellence, I see leadership, I see flourishing, I see taking what matter what it is and making it great and making it beautiful. Is that true? Is that what you see on your pastors? I see integrity, I see blessing, I see that no matter what they've been through, they always come through. Completely unscathed and blessed, 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 blessed. And I believe that, you know, as you sit in this house, you're about to, as your pastor, in, 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 let me give you this testimony. And we're just about, I'm just about finished. To, but I'm, let me just give, quickly give you this testimony. There was a church in the US, a friend of mine went there. He was like, he was the principal of their Christian school. And one morning they came to church and the, these uh, witches had gotten a chicken and killed it and done a pentagram on the side of their building. A pentagram and, and left all the chicken dead and feathers and mess underneath the pentagram. Well, the church went to high gear praying. Wouldn't you? Who would be freaked out by that? Holy smoke. They've really come out of us. And then the Lord really spoke to them and said, you know what? Their pastor, who was a great man of God, would stand up at the end of every service and bless the people. But most of the time, you know what those people would do? They would start wandering out, grabbing their bags, thinking where they were going to meet for lunch. And yet these, they would went into high gear when they thought the enemy was going to speak over them. You sit in a place where, you, where, where someone who operates in a kingship kind of releasing anointing is blessing you. Give him a big hand, your pastor. He's amazing. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.